This is FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's Place to Talk. Hip, hip, hooray, let's give a cheer. It's 9 a.m., the signal's clear. Our favorite host is in the chair. The Truman Show is on the air. It's The Truman Show with Truman Jones. A look at the politics, news, sports, and people that are shaping Rutherford County. The Truman Show is on the air. The Truman Show is on the air. Now from Adams Place on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS. Here's Truman Jones. Good morning, Rutherford County. Have my old buddy Thomas Booker on again. And, you know, we usually talk Major League Baseball. Yes, sir. Let's talk a little college baseball. A little college baseball? Right now. I mean, just for a short time. We can do that. Got the World Series coming up. Yes, sir. It's in Omaha, Nebraska. Yes, sir. We have uh, Vanderbilt, or Vonderbilt, however you want to pronounce it. (laughs) Uh, they're playing. They, they're they're in their own little group, and then the University of Tennessee uh, is in another group. And if they win all the way through, those two teams will play each other. What a matchup! Yeah, because you got pitching against hitting. You're gonna have a divided Tennessee. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you got what do you what would you say? Uh, ten two uh, percent of the people in Tennessee are, would be pro Vanderbilt and. <laughs> 98 would be pro-UT. I've got a lot of close friends who are big Vandy fans. Oh, you do? I do. Well, you you pretty much hobnob with the rich and famous. My, my cousin played for Vanderbilt. So oh. I've got a... Oh, really? Yeah. Drew Fan. He was a catcher for Vanderbilt. And then he worked with them for a couple years afterward. Uh-huh. And how are you guys cousins? Uh, My mother and his mother are first cousins. Okay. My grandmother and his grandfather were brother sister yeah. breaks. Yeah. So, yeah, small world, isn't it? It is a small world after all. I've never been to a UT baseball game. I mean, I've been to plenty of football games, but I mean, UT's got a rich history and they've, you know, but not that rich in baseball. No, not as much. Had one really great baseball player. Number that, 17, Todd yeah, Hilton. Yes. That played and uh, I don't think he ever got the uh recognition that that he deserved i mean he was a great baseball player i mean yeah in my opinion even for the major leagues i don't think todd helton does but then again he played in colorado so he had that mile but that, high you, you can't have that's no advantage well i think it is to an extent but it's not here no we go than. again <laughs> It's like it's Pete Rose crap. I mean, we, we can't agree on anything like that. Pete can be in the Hall of Fame. I'm over it. Let them all Good. in. You, you, Let them all but in. But I think you have changed over the years. Well, you got to, right? Yeah. Warm as up a you, little as bit. As you get older, you, you, you uh, think better, I think. Uh, well, well, I don't know. I just, you could raise so much debate about the Hall of Fame and who belongs and who doesn't, yeah. and I think it's destroyed, so... No, no, not really. Not I really. Know. I question Harold Baines. What, what, once they put uh, Pete in, everything will be fine again. You think so? Yeah, yeah. You think they're going to do it while he's still living? Uh, it depends on 
how their heart is at the time. Is the integrity of the game ruined if Pete no, Rose goes in? No, has nothing to do with the game itself. But what he if, didn't bet against his team. I don't believe that. Yeah, he didn't. Huh? No, Pete Rose would have never done that. Whatever. See, now you're you you're you're no, guessing. I, mean, I I think you're guessing. Well, I'm assuming, but the yeah. reason I'm assuming is because he lied for 20 years about it. Oh, he did. Have you have you never he did ever made a mistake that you regret? Well, no, I mean I have, but I've also learned, especially from my mom and dad, that if you're honest about your mistake, the punishment's a less a lot less severe versus trying to cover it up and look how much he threw his life into the game though. What if, what what other player in the history of baseball put as much <laughs> energy into playing baseball as he did? If I murder somebody and try and cover it up, is the punishment more severe? Oh, come on, Thomas. <laughs> Give me a break. I'm gonna talk to your daddy. <laughs> I wish he'd call right now. <laughs> he may for it said and done. You don't ever know. Yeah. He's known. For oh, calling. he w- he would call and say, Thomas, my son was just perfect. He was perfect <laughs> no, in every way. I was far from perfect. <laughs> there was only one perfect person, and look what happened to him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but but he but he's still taking care of us. That's Bless true. his heart. Very true. Yeah. The uh, but my dad he he be for UT. He's a big volunteer fan. Yeah. Good. So. But, what? you know, I'm just proud of Tennessee. I love Tennessee as a whole, and, you know, it's just nice to see Tennessee represented in the World Series. Yeah. Doesn't it make you mad when they forget the great players in the past, like Doug Atkins? Mm-hmm. Doug Atkins was known as probably the greatest defensive uh, end that ever played the game in, in pros and in, in college. I mean, I think they had uh, the, the quarterback had something like two and a half seconds to get rid of that ball or he was going to be n- annihilated. What happened to him? Well, he got old. Well, I know that, but why is he kind of forgotten about? That's the way things are today. Yeah. They they don't want to go back and remember the greats of well, the old days. They want to say, well, the only people that we need to focus on are the ones today because they're so much better. How in the heck could you be better than something like a man like Doug Atkins? Okay. Tennessee probably had the two best linemen in the history of the game, defensive linemen. Doesn't make sense. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Reggie White, though, he's still remembered. Yeah, but he's not that far back. True. Because Doug played what in the late late sixties? Uh, was 60s? in the fifties, wasn't was it? Was it in the fifties? I, I believe it was in the fifties, and he, he did play uh, with the Chicago Bears uh, when he went to the pros, and he played in the sixties. And I don't know if he made it all the way into the seventies or not. Are but, you a Bears fan? The Bears? Um, sort of. You kinda. know, I'm I'm one of these people in pros uh, that I like the players that are on the team, and that will draw me to their particular team. I can teams. see that. I can see that. Yeah. I'm kind I of remember the same when the, the, the Miami team went undefeated. Mm-hmm. The only one to ever go undefeated. 72, maybe? Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. yeah. And I, I absolutely loved them because there were no really big stars on that team. It was a team game. Wasn't for that them. Don Shula? Uh, yeah, Shula was the coach. Yeah, yeah. And see, I don't think he gets recognition. But then I don't again, think I don't he know does much either. football history. I mean, I know some of it. But if you look across line, there's a fit, a really thin line between the really great players 
and and the ones who were right on the edge. And in any given game, one player could be the big difference. It may not be even the best player on the team. True. And you think about it, it it's it's a sport. Heck, it's a sport. Uh, uh, give everybody their due, but don't try to build uh, one era up over another like we have seen over the, the years. Baseball is probably the one that has stayed more constant than any other sport. I agree. I like those players that kind of are known for one thing in baseball history. Yeah, yeah. But I know you've got that in all sports, but it is kind of a cool thing to, you know, learn and study and try and collect their autograph or, you know. I I like the way that the players say in World War II. Right. The players uh, were at – a lot of them were at their peak. But they still decided to go represent our country on the battlefields. Sure. And and uh, you don't see that that much anymore. Joe it, DiMaggio, he cried. He didn't want to go. Well, <laughs> Mickey Mantle would have probably kicked his rear end. <laughs> <laughs> you know, though, it's interesting. Uh, Mickey Mantle, you know, he didn't go in the military. Well, he couldn't. His legs are gone. Yeah. Uh, he, in fact, I don't know how in the world he played as long as he did on the legs that were basically bleeding through his his pants when he would go out there on the field. I mean, his like last five or six years were kind of worthless, really. I mean, it cost him his batting average lifetime of 300. Yeah, he would be he'd been well over 300. In fact, Ted Williams said that he was the one player that he always thought that would hit. A 400 average during the season. Was Mickey. Yeah. But uh, as his legs deteriorated, it was very difficult. But he, at one time, he was the fastest baseball player in the game and probably the strongest baseball player I in the game. I forgot what he was clocked at running to first base, but it was something It's still crazy. a record. It's is still it? a record, yeah. I don't Unbelievable. Even know what it is. Uh, what was it? Less than three seconds? It's something like that. Yeah. Uh, two point something. That's quick. But uh, do you fine. remember when they had a uh, a um, race out in the outfield to see who the fastest baseball player was at the time? Yeah. And Mantle ran off and left them. Who uh, was it? Mantle and who else? Well, there's about six or seven of them out there. Was it? Yeah. I read somewhere in a book about that on Mickey Mantle that there yeah. was a race and he smoked them all. Yeah. And it was right there in 51 or was it after his injury, his knee uh, injury with the sprinkler? I it was remember. very close to that time. I think it was before. I may be wrong. It was around 51, 52 yeah. when, when he, his career first started. You know, when his when he stepped on that sprinkler did, and he went to the hospital, his dad was in the hospital with him. Yeah. I think his dad had cancer. He yeah. died right after that. Kind of crazy to think they're both laying there in the hospital in New York. Who together. did he blame for that? Joel. Joe DiMaggio. Jolton Joe. He never got over that. He said that was the first time Joe DiMaggio had talked to him all season was in yeah. the World Series. No, was it World Series? Yeah, World Series. Do you know that uh, two of the greatest players ever played the game uh, were center fielders, of course, Mickey Mantle and and, and Mays. Mm-hmm. And, and they both almost left the game when they went up to the major leagues because they were both having a lot of trouble. Willie and, and Mickey both were having trouble hitting the ball. I think Willie went like 0 for 24. Or... Yeah, he he was just having a terrible time. Of course, Mickey was too. 
Yeah. And, and you think somebody that great, and 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 they went through that little period that they were ready to quit the game. Mm-hmm. And you, you know who Willie Mays hit his first home run off of? Um, no, Warren Spahn. Oh, good for him. Off Warren Spahn. Warren Spahn was a great left-hand pitcher, but he wasn't one of my favorites. How come? I don't know what it was. There's some players that you just kind of take to, and some players you don't. 13-time, 20-game winner. Oh, he was uh, he was magnificent. I never argued with that. He was consistent. Yeah, he was consistent. He's one of four uh, Major League Baseball Hall of Famers to win a per- or to to get the Purple Heart. That well, is amazing. Warren Spahn was at Remagen Bridge when it fell and it collapsed. You know, on the Rhine River. Yeah. He had just stepped off the bridge, talked to one of the engineers because they were doing some repair work to it so they could move the Third Army across into Germany. Yeah. And when the bridge collapsed, shrapnel hit him. Oh wow. So. Uh, Warren Spahn, Hoyt Wilhelm, Bill Veck, and then Nestor Shylock, an umpire. He's in the Hall of Fame. He died in 82, but he was, I think all three, or Bill Veck, I forget what happened, but Hoyt Wilhelm and Shylock, they were both in the Battle of the Bulge and were awarded Purple Hearts. You have to really respect that. Let me tell you Mm -hmm. something that I found out. I was watching, since we're talking about uh, World War II. Yeah. I love World War II. After World War II. Mm Mm-hmm. In the in the Pentagon, they decided they they were going to do away with the Marine Corps. Now this is a true story. I didn't know that. I was watching uh, the Sands of Iwo Jima the other mm-hmm. night, and I've had that movie for years, but I never pushed the button to go to where it shows why they made the movie and all of that. So I, I sitting there watching it. The uh, Washington was going to do away with the Marine Corps. So they had to find a way to get support from the country. So they decided they wanted to make a movie of what happened in Iwo Jima, you know, the raising of the the flag at Mount Saravache. And they decided, well, the only person that we need in that movie to show, you know, the type of person that was in the Marines at the time. So they... uh, they wanted John Wayne. Well, John Wayne was asked to do it, and he he declined. Really? Yeah. Well, they said, well, we have got to have him. So they sent some Marines, and uh, upper-class Marines, and they sat down and talked to him and explained why they needed him. So he said, yes, I'll do it. Dang. So, so uh, I didn't he that. did it, and it became one of the top box office hits. Uh, of that year, I think it was 1949. It was either 49 or 50, but I believe it was 49. Anyway, it became such an unbelievable hit that the Marines, everybody, uh, opinion of the Marines just went through the roof because they were great. Uh, I mean, they had been for many, many decades. That kind of surprises me, though, that they would want to get rid of the Marines. They wanted to have it all Army uh, at the time. So it was just a battle between... Command, I guess, more or less. Well, they thought that, you know, it's not a large group of, of uh, uh, Marines that were in there. But what they were able to accomplish right. during uh, all those unbelievable b- battles in, the, in mean, the South Pacific, it was just really, uh, it, it was incredible when you think about it. And to show the heroism of what went on during that particular uh, war, uh 
It, it, it was never questioned again. The Marines are very elite. Yes. I mean, if if you're in war and you, you got to get, you know, your yeah. objective. But what was interesting, one of the top uh, brass in the Marines said, John Wayne saved us. No kidding. Yeah. And, and uh, can you imagine somebody having that uh, amount of uh, power as far as being able to relate to something that strong militarily and uh, no matter how you feel i of course i love john wayne oh yeah i think he's done a lot for this country but when you go back see all these years and i didn't know it till the other day when i was watching that movie and 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 they were talking about how uh just him himself and his name made the difference in whether they changed the uh, marines from being completely retired or continuing on like they have all these years. I mean, it's crazy to think that it really is. Yeah. I know Gil Hodges was in the Marines. He was at Iwo Jima. Gil Hodges was a great center fielder. First baseman. No, he was a great center fielder. First baseman. No, no, no. Duke, or Duke Snyder was Duke a center fielder. Sni- uh, Duke Snyder got all the credit. Gil Hodges came up as a catcher and was moved to first base. <laughs> oh... <laughs> I trumped you. No, you didn't. <laughs> I was trying to lead you on, but you wouldn't stop. No. Bless your heart. Gil Hodges, man, I, I support Gil Hodges for the Hall of Fame. I have Gil Hodges for Gil the Hall of Fame. Gil is a great first name for a baseball player. It is. Underrated. Who was the third baseman for the New York Yankees? When? What year? With the same name, Gil. There's uh, only been one. Gil McDougal? Gil McDougal. He was second base, wasn't he? Yeah, he played He played all positions. Did he? But uh, he, he played a lot of third base. I thought that was more like, you know, Cleet Boyer's territory. Not during that time. That's way back. Well, that's true, too. Yeah. Because Gil was there, what, mid You know so much 60s. about you, you're You're like a uh, an encyclopedia well, with I baseball. Mean, but do you ever get your decades mixed up? No, not really. Because you've got prominent players. I know, like, in the 30s and 40s, Red Rolfe was the big third baseman for the Yankees. He's pretty much forgotten about this day and age. Oh, gosh. Nobody even knows that what See, that name is. Anymore. Joe Dugan, he was third base for the Yankees during the 1920s when they won, you know, the World Series. You ever uh, heard of Joe Dugan? I've heard the name, but I never saw the Red play. Sox. I never saw him play. Yeah, Harry Frazee sold him to the Yankees. Jacob Rupert bought him. Do you think... Uh, we've all seen film of the 1927 Yankees. Mm-hmm. Would you say the 27 Yankees were equal to the 1961 Yankees? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'd say so. I'd say, actually, I'd say the Yankees in 27 were better. They had better hitting, of course, you know who they had, but then they also had better pitchers on that team. Was any of the pitchers in 27 better than Whitey Ford? Well, all you had really was Whitey Ford on that 61 team. Allie Reynolds? He was gone. He was long gone. Well, it's close. Allie's last year was like 1954 maybe or so. I thought he was there a little bit longer than that. Maybe 55. Yeah. He was kind of fizzling out right there. Now the, What the, about Vic Rashi? Gone. I think he left after 54 or 55. Same with Eddie Lopez. Eddie Lopez. Gone. Yeah, they were more late 40s, early 50s when the Yankees won five in a row between 49 and 53. 
But yeah, what in the world happened those are some in 54? 54 was a crazy year. New York still Cleveland had all those great pitchers. I know. And then the Giants were just getting strong. Dusty Rhodes, baby. Yeah, the old Nashville Vols. Batted Dusty 341. Rhodes. Can you believe? I mean, of course, he, he pulled the ball down right field line. You know what's crazy about that World Series? What? Is when the Giants won... The mayor of New York gave the New York Giants the first ever ticket parade, ticket tape parade. Mm-hmm. The Yankees had never had one with all those World Series championships. Well, I guess what? Isn't that crazy? Well, they hadn't been successful, really, during all that time. Well, the Yankees had, but oh, yeah, the Giants yeah. hadn't. No. Yeah. But the Giants had a lot of pull, which I was kind of surprised, still reading that book on Horace Stoneham, who owned the Giants. Mm-hmm. The Giants had a lot of pull there in Manhattan. Yeah, what was it? The the home run, the hit, uh, the shot heard around the world. Hurled, yeah, heard around the world. Yeah, Bobby Thompson. And that wasn't a big deal. It really wasn't. Think how many times that happens now. Well, that's true. The the home run I think's destroyed the game. I mean, the home run's exciting, but when you're hitting 15 of them, eventually you're like tired of it, and you're like, give me something else. Yeah. You know. Well, the ball. A lot of it depends on the liveliness of the baseball. True. Because you see, you see uh, home runs being hit now. Goodness gracious, a lot of times they're trying to stop their swing and the ball goes over the fence. It's unbelievable. Next thing you know that they'll be playing with aluminum bats. It's going to kill somebody. Yeah. More yeah. Or they're going to have to move the bases back. See, you didn't grow up with the radio. See, I grew up listening to uh, baseball on the radio. And I would listen to Mel Allen, who was a great announcer. And when Mickey Mantle would hit a baseball back in his early days, I could tell that the I could tell that, that ball was gone as soon as I heard it. Crowd reaction, ball? Well, it's the ball. Getting hit. The ball didn't sound the same when he hit it as other people did. It was just unbelievable. But um, I wish I had Mickey's power. It'd be kind of cool to hit a ball like that or Harmon's power. Well, you do have a lot of power. I don't have that kind of power. Yes, you do. That's light it, tower it, power. If, if, if you don't get us all looking good before the funeral, that's a lot of power. I, when people walk up to your casket and say, ooh, he looks good, doesn't he? <laughs> we, we have a caller on the line. Caller, welcome aboard with Thomas Booker. Sherman? Yes. This is your guest for next Wednesday. <laughs> you you told me you've only stumped Booker twice. No, actually, I've stumped him more than that. I, I've been <laughs> nice to him. <laughs> okay, Mr. Mr. Booker? Yes, sir? No doubt you remember the uh, uh, Gil McDougal hitting uh, Herb score in the, in the eye. Gil McDougal. Yeah, Gil McDougal. Oh, I, heard, I thought I heard Joe. Yeah, no. Yeah, no, poor Gil Herb McDougal. score. Yeah. Mike Garcia picked up the ball. Okay. Who hit Gil McDougal in the ear? <laughs> Is it a trick question? Because I don't know. <laughs> no, it is not. All right. <laughs> Strike up the band. <laughs> well, a lot of people have been hitting baseball, but, I mean, no. I, 
I don't even recall Gil McDougal getting hit in the ear. Gil McDougal, two years before uh, the uh, Herb Score incident, was standing behind the batting practice pitcher on, behind the screen with Frank Crosetti, mm-hmm. who was the pitching oh. coach. And a ball hit the screen and dribbled over to the side, and McDougal got out from just enough out from under that screen to pick up the ball, give it back to Crosetti. And Bob Serve hit him in the ear. Bob Serve, man, he's a big boy. Big power hitter. Yeah. He led the league one year in home runs, I know, with the Kansas City Athletics, I believe. That's bad. How bad was he hurt? Well, he lost uh, the hearing in the uh, in the ear, and then it, it doesn't go into any uh, explanation. But if you get a bad infection in your eye, if it isn't taken care of and resolved, you'll lose the sight in the other eye. It's called sympathetic ophthalmia, and nobody's ever been able to explain why that happens. So I guess the same thing happened with his ear because he didn't have any damage to the other ear. Only a doctor would know that. (laughs) (laughs) It's good to have a doctor. Sorry to ruin your day, Thomas. No, you didn't ruin it. I learned something. I'm I'm glad you did. (laughs) How did you know about Gil McDougal? Because I was alive then. Well, he was a Yankee fan. Who was your favorite Yankee? Mantle? Yes, unquestionably. Yeah. But but they were all great, and uh, you're going to see a list of them as pallbearers when I get the uh, uh, program for the funeral, Mickey's funeral. Uh, uh, to, I'm looking to forward you. to seeing that. Yeah. Well, the sheriff's going to see it first, probably. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> That's an all honor. Right, well, I enjoyed we'll see seeing you. you the other day. <laughs> We've well, got to get I, back I, together and talk some more. I told the sheriff I was never so disappointed when you walked out and introduced yourself because I already had this picture from your voice of a, a, a short, skinny, wiry kid. <laughs> and you were everything but short. And he's none of it. And, and I am wiry. wiry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of skinny. You kind of not. Like a, well, you're built like a good baseball player. My Jim Palmer jersey's kind of tight today. <laughs> <laughs> well, but you can give up the give up the shirt and start selling underwear. <laughs> I ate too many pancakes. <laughs> okay, thanks a lot. Like guys. Jim Palmer would do on game day. Take he, care. He's, he's a great guy. I, I love him. I enjoyed meeting him the other day there at the funeral home. He introduced himself. Are we on commercial? Uh, well, I guess we're going to have to take a break. Boo. Okay. We'll be back. Saks Fifth Avenue Fulfillment Center in Laverne is having a hiring event on Saturday, June 19th. The event is from 9 to 12 at 1 Walden Books Drive in Laverne. Pay is between $15 and $18 an hour, plus a $100 hiring bonus. Almost 100 full-time positions available for all shifts. Positions are filling fast. Candidates must apply online at careers at before attending. 
To keep you cool, the Kona Ice Truck will be on site from 11 to 1 at Saks Fifth Avenue. Come on out and see our associates in Laverne. Main Street Murfreesboro presents Friday Night Live Concerts starting June 4th with live performances in front of the Rutherford County Courthouse. First Friday of each month through September, bring your chairs and friends to the Murfreesboro Square for Friday Night Live Concerts starting at 6.30 p.m. Brought to you by Wilson Bank & Trust along with monthly sponsors T-Mobile, Michael Busey State Farm, and Middle Tennessee State University. Check out MainStreetMurfreesboro.org for more information. Are you looking for a different kind of bank? Open your eyes to a credit union. At Heritage South Community Credit Union, we help hardworking Americans achieve their financial goals faster. And because we're owned by our members, you get a piece of the pie. Visit our website, heritagesouth.org, to open your first account and see how we help when others won't. Insured by NCUA. Hey, gentlemen, it's Scott. Make your health a priority with a quick and easy health assessment at Low T Center. You know, they exclusively specialize in men's wellness, and they follow strict medical guidelines for your health and safety. And they are one of the leading men's medical providers in the entire country. Low T Center has literally reinvented the doctor's visit, making it quick and easy to get all your levels checked, not just your testosterone. It all starts with an annual wellness exam where they do a comprehensive health assessment so you know all of the numbers important to your health. If you've been feeling tired, grumpy, notice weight gain and loss of muscle mass, these could all be signs of low testosterone levels, low thyroid, or even sleep apnea. Low T Center can determine the cause and help. And now they offer monitored self-inject at-home testosterone treatments for $135 a month, self-pay, or covered by most health insurance. Book your annual wellness exam today. Go to LowTCenter.com. Low T Center, reinventing men's health care. Here at Bud's Tire, we make buying Michelin tires simpler. I'm Allison Mitchell with Bud's Tire Pros. We offer a straightforward approach to service, including nationwide warranties with every purchase. Stop in today to see our full lineup of Michelin and BF Goodrich tires. For whatever you drive, Michelin and BF Goodrich have a tire to fit any need. Bud's Tire Pros, hassle-free, guaranteed. We're located on East Main Street, exactly three miles from the town square, one mile past Rutherford Boulevard. Visit us online at BudsTireProsTN.com. Now an update from the WGNSRadio.com News Center. I'm Ron Jordan. State officials, city leaders, residents, and business owners in Eagleville gathered at the high school recently to celebrate progress of a $4 million project spearheaded by local internet service provider United Communications. It will bring broadband to more than 1,400 new locations across the community. The state presented United with a check for more than $5.2 million from the previously announced Tennessee Emergency Broadband Fund, a second check for nearly $800,000 for a Tennessee Broadband Accessibility Grant to expand fiber services in Marshall and Bedford counties, and a third check for $1.3 million for the Tennessee Broadband Accessibility Grant, which will support the Eagleville Project. A big Rutherford County drug bust. Four search warrants led to the discovery of 15 pounds of fentanyl, 21 kilos of heroin, and 4 pounds of meth. 44-year-old Carlos Beatty of Hendersonville faces charges, and investigators say he used those four locations to store, manufacture, and distribute different drugs, including fentanyl. Officers also seized two 9mm handguns, a 44 caliber revolver, an Anderson AR-15 556 rifle, seven vehicles, a flatbed trailer, and an undetermined amount of cash. 
The Tennessee Wildlife Resources Agency is reporting there's evidence of alligators and cougars expanding their territories into the state, reports in the TWRA Tennessee Hunting and Trapping Guide. The TWRA says species expanding their ranges in the state are protected and can't be killed until a hunting season is established. The agency says any species for which a season has not been set is protected. News on demand 24-7 at WGNSRadio.com. I'm Ron Jordan reporting. News updates around the clock, when it breaks, and on demand at WGNSRadio.com. We are News Radio WGNS. If you haven't been by Discount Mattress, stop on by. They're in their new home, 1647 Northwest Broad Street, next to Pinnacle Bank. You don't have to wait for big sales to save hundreds on a new mattress. Save now on top brands like Simmons, Serta, Englander, M. Lilly, and more. Their new warehouse, 1647 Northwest Broad Street, is absolutely stacked to the ceiling. So stop on in, same-day delivery or pickup at Discount Mattress, 1647 Northwest Broad, next to Pinnacle Bank. It's about that time again for the 54th Annual Murfreesboro Antique Show and Sale coming up July 16th through the 18th. $7 gets you in for the whole weekend as you shop unique art, glass, china, crystal, and much, much more. Parking is free and food and beverages are available for purchase inside the venue. Catch all the action this year at the Middle Tennessee Expo Center on 1660 Middle Tennessee Boulevard in Murfreesboro. Your next great find is waiting for you at the 54th Annual Murfreesboro Antique Show and Sale July 16th through the 18th. Listen live to WGNS Radio on our website, and Alexa, or Google devices. Search WGNS Radio for on-demand podcasts in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Plus, we have direct links to podcasts at WGNSRadio.com. Good neighbor weather. Mostly sunny skies here this afternoon, high around 90 degrees. Winds out of the northwest at 5 to 10 miles per hour. Tonight, mostly clear, low near 65. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 68. Classic kid movies are back this summer at Premier Six on Broad in Jackson Heights. $5 tickets include admission, drink, popcorn, and candy. Check MurfreesboroMovies.com for showtimes for classic kid movies all summer. From NHC's Adams Place, home of Premier Senior Living on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS. FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. I was going to tell you about Bob Serve. And welcome back with Thomas Booker. And he wants to say something about, he wants to admit that he's made some mistakes. I'm, I, I, was, I made a boo-boo on Bob Serve. He did have a wonderful year in 1958, but he was not the home run leader. Yeah. Freaking so, Mickey Mantle <laughs> led the American League. Of course. <laughs> Would you expect anything different? Rocky Calavito was second, and Bob Serve was, I think, fifth. But it was still a good year for him. No one knows who he is, so I think he died not too long ago, maybe 2010. I enjoyed watching him play. Of course, he was he was more of a reserve uh, player for the Yankees. Well, yeah, them and their AAA team of the Kansas City Athletics. I, isn't it amazing how baseball changes over the years? And, it is. And uh, some cities are chosen to be among the elites to receive. I've always wondered why Nashville 
never got a Major League Baseball I don't team. think it was big enough for the time. I think with Atlanta being close, it probably kind of hurt. Cincinnati's kind of close. But now that Nashville's become this elite city that everybody Cincinnati is not a in. real big city when you get right down to it. No, it's not. So, so how were they able to uh, have such a great uh, team for a number of years? Probably just the history, the fact that they, you know, started there back in 1869 and, you know, have pretty much consistently been, you know. Wouldn't lit- it be great if we had a, a baseball team within 50 miles of us here? Say 30 miles. I mean, Nashville's what, 30 from here? 32 probably? from. 32? Yeah, all the way to downtown. I mean, that's kind of neat to think about. I wish we did. It could happen. Were you excited when the Braves moved to Mil- or to, no. to Atlanta? Why? Because no. I was still a Yankee fan. Well, I know, but you were having Major League Baseball come relatively close. It's not close enough. How far was it? Look, look, look at what? look at all you got to go through to drive into Atlanta. Well, I was going to ask you. That's one of the worst towns in the world to drive through. Well, you know the Braves are kind of a sad story. They were in Boston for all those years, from 1871 to 1952, mm-hmm. and then Lou Perini, you know, the market kind of collapsed up there. He couldn't get nothing, so he moved to Milwaukee, where his Triple A team, the Milwaukee Brewers, were. And the Brewers, I'm sorry, the Braves were the big thing of the 1950s. And, you know, they went to the playoffs four years in, or three years in a row. Well, look who their owner married. Oh, that was later on once they were in Atlanta. Yeah, yeah. that's right. No bueno. Yeah. <laughs> no that, bueno. That, that's one of the reasons. But I did uh, go right. and wa- uh, watch a number of games in Atlanta, went to even the, when they were in the World Series. Right. And, and, uh, but I had no respect at all for Ted Turner. But when Bartholome moved the team from Milwaukee because of bad attendance and, you know, negativity to Atlanta in 1966, mm-hmm. you weren't excited then to have Hank Aaron and... I was glad to have Hank Aaron Eddie and Eddie Matthews. Matthews at third base. Yeah. But to be perfectly honest with you, I really wasn't an Atlanta fan uh, until um, they had their uh, big shortstop finally. Uh, that uh, is is going to be in the Hall of Fame. I, I, oh, you mean Chipper? Yeah, Chipper Jones. So, I, I was actually 90s. drawn to him because he was old baseball. I can see that, yeah. Yeah, he played like the old baseball players. He was uh, added 110% and, and uh, great switch hitter. He, he he pretty much had it all, but uh, I think he, he never Jones, did have a big ego. If you, no. if you think about how he played, he was very nice. I mean, I met him a couple times, and he was just as kind as he could be. I yeah. mean, you know, some people talk like, "Well, he didn't sign my baseball," and I'm like, "Can't sign everybody's baseball." He signed mine. He did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how, how do you how do you uh, get Close to all of these baseball players. That that's always been a mystery to me. I have a rabbit's foot that I rub occasionally. It brings me luck, I guess. I don't know. I guess just the way I talk to people. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Just but, but 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 they all open their arms to you everywhere you go. Every baseball stadium you've been in, everybody really thinks the world of you. I think it's the history, and I think. And it goes all the way back to the beginning. Well, it does. But I think people, I think when you come across someone and they're like, man, he really knows the history. He really appreciates this Mm -hmm. versus, you know, 
I don't know. There's just no connection with current baseball, in my opinion. Yeah. I just I don't have nothing to do with it. I, I go for the history. I mean, no offense. I just can't get turned on by it at all whatsoever. Do the announcers turn you off like they do me? Uh, it depends on who I it can, is. I, I, can't, I can't stand any of them. I really can't. I like Dick Brimmer with the Twins. Dick's a nice fella. I know him through the Killer Bruce. Well, you have a close relationship because of the family. But Burt Blylevin used to announce with Dick, and I love Burt. I think he's awesome. His stories. Burt's just, you know, upfront, honest. Yeah. He's <laughs> He tells you what's on his mind. He doesn't care. But, you know, when you have, like, for instance, Jim Palmer here, you know, when he announces with the Orioles. He did a good job. He really did. And it's just fun because, I mean, number one, he's in the Hall of Fame, so he knows yeah. what he's talking about. But, you know, the whole time, for instance, when Burt's talking about, you know, today's game, he's constantly bringing in the history of the game as well. Yeah. And I think that's interesting. I think it's important. They, they understand what the history of baseball is. It is. And in and, and today's world... They never. They don't even know what the history of baseball really was. Not really. It's kind of sad. I, it, it, what really drives me crazy. I missed mentioned somebody like Dizzy Dean. Mm-hmm. Well, nobody today even knows who Dizzy Dean was. It's, it hasn't been that long ago when you think about it. No. Why has that history just completely been erased? We're in living in a world today where nobody wants the history to be involved in everyday life. When I was in high school, it seemed like, I mean, I was excited to learn history. I just thought it was awesome. I had a neighbor when I was little, and he was constantly talking about history. And I think maybe being at that young age and just being intrigued by all this stuff that happened, mm -hmm. it's just kind of built from it. I mean, he was big in the presidents and, you know, just history of the United States. And so that yeah. kind of grew, and then... You know, I was really big into World War II at one time, and I still like it, but, you know, I don't know. For some reason, baseball's always been one of my favorites. Yeah. So, well, if you think about all of the tragedies we've had, like World War One, World War II, mm -hmm. and in uh, in the conflict since then. But you can relate baseball to all that. You can. And that's why I, I like the movie Field of Dreams, mm -hmm. because... Uh, J James Earl Jones. Right. He mentions the fact that you can look at baseball, and you and you look at how it's changed or or uh, been part of the American life, the American dream, all these years. He says that's what America really is. You look at uh, what America is. That's baseball. He's right. Yeah. He's exactly right. And, I mean, you know, like I was telling you last time on the show, going to some of those places in Pittsburgh, I mean, because baseball kind of became organized in the 1860s. And, I mean, that's really when, after the Civil War, you know, America did become one. Mm -hmm. And our, our 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 real history, I guess you could say, you know, could say kind of came, came from after the Civil War. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, baseball's been part of all that ever since and you know it's just neat to be able to go to a city like pittsburgh and just go to those different places and say man this is what was happening here in you know 1870 mm -hmm. this was the area to be in pittsburgh and i mean now it's just like an old you know industrial area but i don't know people don't appreciate it i do well baseball has done like a lot of other uh, um, sports, it's followed the money. I think that's hurt uh, in a lot of ways, just like the Dodgers. 
There's no way that the Dodgers should have ever left Brooklyn. As far as I'm concerned, I know the field was not the greatest field in the world. It was very short. Same with polo grounds. But they were part of that city. I mean, when they would describe the Dodgers, they'd call them dim bums. Right. But that was the the dialect that those people used back in those days. And and everybody had their hero. There's a lady right here at Adam's place. I love to talk to her because she goes back. When she was a kid, she would go to the Brooklyn Dodger baseball games. And you had the inner city rival of of the Dodgers and the Yankees and the Giants. Of course, the the Giants and the Dodgers were in the same. uh, They were in the National League. But uh, there was something special. Actually, I've, I've said this a number of times. We got to listen to the radio when the World Series was on in our schools. Yeah, uh, as as uh, and they, the World Series would be on the radio. That would be the only place it'd be on, and we got to listen to it. And can you imagine your imagination while you're listening to the ball being hit and all the the fans uh, hollering and screaming? Uh, in some ways, your imagination was actually better than watching the game in person. Oh yeah, I mean I read books and. You know, talking about the Philadelphia Athletics, and in my mind, I'm thinking they never moved. They never moved. They're still there. But then, as you get to 1954, you know, they relocate to Kansas City. Yeah. For the 55 season. But you know, the 1950s again. If you know your history, the reason why those teams moved, you had demographics is a big issue. Yeah. The automobile. I mean, you know, there's no room for parking around Ebbets Field. There's no room for parking around the polo grounds. There really wasn't room for parking around Yankee Stadium, but the owner invested in, you know, areas around there to, you know, increase parking spaces. And, uh, I mean, I hate that the Giants and the Dodgers moved, but, you know, O'Malley and Stoneham, I mean, they'd have been stupid not to because, I mean, they were offered, you know, O'Malley was given Chavez Ravine, and made millions and millions by moving them. And, you know, the city of New York, and I was trying to think of the guy's name, Moses. Uh, I can't think of his name, but he was like the chief engineer for New York City. He really wasn't trying to help them too much as far as, you know, uh, letting them stay. Yeah. He had other things on his agenda. One thing he did offer was the site where Shea Stadium was later built in Queens. Mm-hmm. Um to be home of the Brooklyn Dodgers, but, you know, O'Malley said, why move them out of Brooklyn? They're the Brooklyn Dodgers. They're not the Queens Dodgers. They're not the New York City Dodgers. They're the Brooklyn Dodgers. He wanted them in Brooklyn there on Atlantic Avenue, and it just never happened. So, you know, in the 50s, you know, also, like I said, you had the Braves relocate to Milwaukee. You had the Athletics relocate. Before that, you had the St. Louis Browns left and went to uh, Baltimore. Yeah. So, I mean, you had a lot of those teams moving around. It was, you know, kind of sad that it happened, but. It seems like the strength of the media is where that they will uh, locate to. Just like mm-hmm. New York, of course, that's that's the biggest, uh, uh, most watched of all of the media, I, I presume, in, in New York. And, of course, L.A. is, is big time, too. But, uh, uh that they will they will uh, actually know how many people are actually watching a ball game in, in because of c- computers and oh, they things will like now, that yeah. now oh yeah 
and uh, that's that's where they flock to. And and you know, for some reason, that just really turns me off as far as being able to uh, control those particular type things because of the size of the the cities and things like that sure and uh i i i don't think they would enjoy it as much the game as if you, they were to move to nashville and 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 the people around here of course they're baseball fanatics right here in the middle tennessee area it'd be interesting if a team did and i've said before several times i mean i predicted and you know when the uh, Expos moved to Washington, D.C. back mm-hmm. in 2004, 2005, and why I thought that would happen. Of course, you know, they had RFK Stadium there in D.C. The thing about Nashville, and the commissioners already said, you know, we're not going to do expansion. It's not going to happen. Yeah. Not not until the Oakland A's and the Tampa Bay Devil or Tampa Bay Rays, you know, have new homes. Oakland's not going to do anything. I think Oakland's going to go to Las Vegas for it's said and done. And Tampa Bay, I don't know why they don't want to do anything. I mean, I've been to both stadiums. They're both awful, and I hate them. I mean, they're just they're they're two of the worst. And I've been to 50 different, you know, ballparks for a game. Uh, but Tampa, I mean, they have the opportunity to build something nice if they wanted to. But for whatever reason, it seems like the city just doesn't care. Of course, they play in St. Petersburg, but you know, there's just some scrutiny about where they might relocate to down there. And uh, it's been a topic for 10 years. I mean, I try and follow the news about what may happen. But if Nashville gets a team, I predict it's going to be Tampa moving to Nashville. Really? And they're not going to play at Sulphurdale. That's not going to happen. So no, anybody no, that won't that, happen. They don't there's have the no area. way. It's too no. small. Yeah. There's no parking. So, I mean... I think it'd be a great place on 840 going through Rutherford County to. You think so? Have, yeah. You we, think we so? Could, yeah, with with your contacts, you could get us a season tickets every year. I don't know. It'd be interesting I, if if it happens. I, I you, you know they're going to move downtown Asheville. Yeah. I mean they're going to make that part of everything else that's gone on down there. And that's the worst place in the world to put a stadium. Is right in the dead middle of a city where all the traffic is so concentrated. I mean, yeah, I-24. There's a booger, no no doubt about it. But I mean. In the grand scheme of things, I think it would look kind of neat having a ballpark there, especially if it's retractable roof where you're guaranteed baseball, you know, 81 games a year. Yeah. But if Tampa was to move up here, they would not have to re- uh, redesign the the, uh, the 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 divisions. Excuse me. Let me ask you a question because I, I've been meaning to ask you that, and I always forget it. Um, is it fair? I'm I'm against cookie-cutter baseball park. Those are a thing of the past. I just absolutely do not like it. But look back in the old days, mm-hmm. in, in the 20s and the 30s and the 40s, the the stadiums that kind of um, want to uh, – let's look at uh, the Red Sox. Yeah. Um, the Red Sox, if you look at that stadium – it's entirely different than Ebbets Field was, and uh, the Giants. I mean, the Giants had had that uh, sure. short uh, right field and things like that. Yankees kind of did, but theirs would go out pretty quick uh, over in right and right center field and things like that. You know why it's like that? 
Well, let me, you're let, asking? Let, by, sorry. But while my mind is still sure, on. Sure, sure, sure. Sorry. Okay, that's all right. Is it fair to the power hitters uh, to be put in stadiums where you had to hit the ball 40 or 50 feet much long, much further than some of these other stadiums like Ebbetsville? And is it fair? Is it fair to the home run hitters because baseball is such a stats game? It's been that way since the the, the game began. Yeah, I mean. The Baker Bowl, for instance, in Philadelphia, mm-hmm. located up on the corner of Broad and Lee Avenue, uh, right field, I think, was 280. Yeah. I mean, it was insane. Well, the wall, with the wall and the screen, it was like 60 feet high. So it's a yeah. big, towering wall. Well, Hall of Fame baseball player Chuck Klein played there. Left-handed power hitter. Mm-hmm. Well, he hit all of his home runs at the Baker Bowl. Mm-hmm. So the teams back then, they would get players – that could perform in their ballpark. Yeah. The, 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 the so, pipe up. Uh, it's uh, not fair, but it is what it is. Kind of like Bob Lennon with the. Uh, it's it, what, 64 home runs or something? I think something it was. Like 64. Yeah. But, in Sufferdale. Yeah. But, a lot but of he those, was a pull hitter. Right. Right. And exactly. He, and, he, and he hit his balls. Uh, they would tower straight up, and, and then they would just. Well, that's like, above the no offense, defense. but look at Yankee Stadium. I mean, it was 314 that we knew it down the right field line. Yeah. But back in the day, day, I think it was two, I don't know if it was two, 295, I think, yeah. to right field. So Babe Ruth's hitting home runs in Yankee Stadium. But he's hitting them way over that fence. I mean, well, he, yeah. he didn't hit many bloopers. But still, though, you got 295. Same with the polo grounds, yeah. 262 and 258 down the lines. Mel Ott. He hit a lot of his home runs. I think he hit 323, and I don't know why that number comes to my mind, yeah. but it's the polo grounds. He hit 511 total in his career, but, yeah, I mean, a lot of those owners, you know, did that. They they get certain ball players that could, you know, play that ballpark to the advantage. You know, on the road, you know, you just do what you do. But Of course, if you're a baseball player and you're a, a pull hitter into right field, mm-hmm. uh, you want to go to those short uh Fences. Oh, most definitely. It was, and, uh, but that's you know, baseball. Oh, it is. And that's what's neat about it. I mean, you got Char- Charlie Finley, you know, with the Kansas City Athletics. He was mad at the Yankees because they had the short right porch. Mm-hmm. So one year he devises the Kansas City pennant porch and tries to get the distance uh, as 314 or whatever it was back then. Yeah. At Municipal Stadium in Kansas City, well, then the commissioner says one game and that's it. You can't do that. That's not right. So they made it a, a rule to where you, you know, I think now I forget what it is, but right field, left field, they have to be so far away. You can't, you know, bring them in like you used to. Yeah. But the reason a lot of those ballparks back in the day were like that was because the owners, when they went to build a new ballpark like Ebbets Field, for example, mm-hmm. it used to be a, a trash dump called Pigtown. And Charles Ebbets, he had to go in there and buy all those lots up. So yeah, you bought, had to fit them in the area, And that's too. what, exactly. Yeah. That's what happened. And that's what uh, uh, the Sufferdale was. Same thing. Yeah. Same thing. And most folks don't realize Sufferdale, it was underground. It was probably, what, 15 feet below street level? Mm, close. I mean, it was something yeah, like re- that. Yeah. But uh, do you remember when the... Uh, Nashville Vol uh, announcer was fired. Mm-mm. You don't remember that? No, nah, it was before my time. He said, he said uh, <laughs> "What was he fired for?" 
for something like some of my guests do. They'll say a, a bad four word. letter a four letter word. I don't do that. Knock on wood. Oh, come on, uh, Thomas. You you you've never said a four letter word the whole time that you've been on the show. Not that I know of. I try and do a cover up <laughs> word. I did say last week that I throw a chair at Bryce Harper. Yeah. Kevin Arnold sent me a message and said. Yeah, the police are going to investigate this matter. Oh, I love Kevin Arnold. Bless his heart. Uh, tell me, do you get a cheaper uh, funeral if you don't get all those that stuff that you shoot inside of everybody? How much more does that cost? Six hundred and ten dollars where we where where I work. Good God! I know it should be a lot more. It's a lost art. Are 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 you an, an artist uh, kind of like? I'm kind of like a you, Bob you, Ross. You're able to do all that. Hey, aren't some you? of the girls I work with are amazing when it comes to like doing makeup and stuff. Yeah. Unbelievable. Do we have to have makeup? Or? Only if you want it. Well, I've already paid for all that, but there's some of that stuff. I, We're just gonna make you look natural. All right, I'm gonna be in shorts. Um, Yankee jersey n- somewhere n- n- in the casket. Number set, number seven. Seven. Yeah. You don't want nine for Roger Maris? No, I want seven. Poor Roger never gets love. That that really did affect him emotionally. His hair fell out. Yeah, I I, I thought he that the fans smoker. treated him terrible during that. I know, time. they did. Yeah, and I'm a big Mickey, Mickey Mantle. Mantle fan. I love Mickey Mantle, but uh, his his body was just absolutely just wearing out during that time, and his his. Um, Legs, goodness gracious. I can still see the blood coming out of his legs when he was playing during that time. It's a good thing Jim Palmer didn't have to face Mickey Mantle too much because Jim would have embarrassed Mickey, wouldn't he? No, he wouldn't. I mean, Mantle would hit him just like he did everybody else. Jim Palmer was a good pitcher. He was a good pitcher. You haven't even talked about my Jim Palmer jersey. I don't want to talk about your Jim Palmer. Why? Because I I never was a Baltimore Orioles fan. What's wrong with the Orioles? Uh... They were a dominant Baltimore team. is one of the worst cities in the United States. I agree. It is. Why they would build a stadium in Baltimore, I'll never understand. Well, back in the day, it wasn't too, too bad. It just kind of went to pot over the years. Baseball should be in the south now. It really should. Uh, the weather's better down here. Sure. Uh, there's more baseball fans down here per capita than any other place. I bet Jim Palmer would be for it. Gosh, my daddy would come out of his grave if he knew that we were going to have Major League Baseball right here uh, in this area. It, it, it would be special. It would be. I yeah. mean, and you know, if if Tampa does move here, the Yankees will come here, the Blue Jays, the Red Sox, and the Orioles, because it'd be the AL East. That'd be kind of neat to see Nashville as an AL East city. But those teams are not like they're not like they were. Uh, expressed to be. Just like the New York Yankees right now. Right. They're nothing. Oh, no. Uh, it, it's awful. They they will build all of these players' names up because of being in New York itself. Mm-hmm. But most of those players are not that good. George Steinbrenner would have fired Brian Cashman. He'd have fired the whole, you know, office management, I think. Yeah. I mean – and, you know, a lot of folks didn't like Steinbrenner, but the thing about Steinbrenner I admire is the fact that he was an owner who was committed to winning. And there's a lot of owners. You look at the owner of the Orioles. And I'm, I'm sorry, not the – well, yeah. <laughs> Don't you think He's Steinbrenner was a lot like Donald Trump? In a way, I could see it. Yeah. I mean, he, he, I could, he could be it. abrasive, 
But he was a winner. He, I mean, yeah. I mean, Steinbrenner did win. I mean, yeah. it was a proven fact. I mean, there was a lot of amazing teams, you know, he was the owner of through all those different decades. He was a bigger name than the players were. Mm -hmm. And that's a bad thing. Look, look, look at what Dallas has got in their football uh, program. And who's got the biggest name, the players or the owner? Oh, no. You're right. Yeah. But you know Dallas is kind of a joke, I think. Well, at one time, they were big time. The curse of Tom Landry, maybe. Yeah. Tom Landry was one of the worst things that ever happened mm -hmm. to Dallas. He was the best coach during that particular era. And then he was treated just like a – just a – Thrown to the I, wind. I, yeah, they threw him. They did. They, they, threw, they threw him away. Kind of how you've treated Jim Palmer today and not talked about him. 168 wins in the 1970s, most wins for a, or for a pitcher. Wait a minute. His he, – what? <laughs> he had a great defense behind he him. He did. Yeah. Look, look, look who was standing on third base you got the that vacuum. all the time that he was. That's exactly right. You had Louis Aparicio at shortstop. He was all right. And then later, Mark Belanger, Davey Johnson, later why, Bobby Gritch. Why, why are you focused on them? Today? Who, the Orioles? Yeah. I guess it was Ken Gerhart rubbed off on me a little bit. Ken you know, Ger being Ken an Oriole. He was a good ball player. He really was. He was. And See, who who coached him in, in college ball? Uh, it was here at MTSU. Who yeah. was the coach? Yeah. Help me. I hope I hope Jennifer's listening. I don't know my history she, she'll, on MTSU. Jennifer will call and, and tell us what's going on. She can on. tell me when does I see her. Does she know that you're on today? She does. All right. Hey, Truman. She, yeah. I can tell you who coached him in Little League. Who? My dad. Did he really? Oh, I forgot all about that, yeah, Brian. He sure That's did. That's cool. Yeah. Played for the that Colts. That is cool. I think it was the for Colts. For the Colts. Mm -hmm. were, they, were they the Colt 45s or just the Colts? Just the Colts. Just the Colts. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm glad you were listening, Brian. Was he that, that's pretty cool. We were asking about you earlier. I hope you're doing all right. Doing pretty good. Well, that's good. I'm doing good, just not pretty. Well, <laughs> <laughs> no true words hey, have been spoken. <laughs> I have, I, I have, my watch is broke. What time is it, Brian? It's quitting time. Oh, you're kidding. Yeah. In oh, I was just thoroughly, I was, I was hoping we'd go another hour. Hey, Brian, do you like Jim Palmer? Uh, not as much as Truman does. <laughs> there you go, big boy. <laughs> Jim Palmer was good. He he was okay, but he was. Uh, I I never did uh, particularly care for him, to be honest with you. He won three World Series in three different decades. Well, big deal. He pitched a complete a complete game shutout in the World Series before I, he was 21 years old in Sandy Koufax's ever last game. Sandy lost to him. How many games did Whitey Ford win in the World Series? A bunch. Yeah. But the Yankees it wasn't even always, close. Huh? I don't even know. Close. I lost count. Brian, yeah. do you know? Uh, I have no clue. No. <laughs> it was a lot. I mean, yeah. the chairman The chairman was, was Chairman awesome. of the board. That's what he was called. He was one of the best. Yeah. No doubt about it. Well, let's, uh, let's go ahead and leave. You want to? Yeah, Brian's telling us that he probably has a big show already set for after we leave. So, <laughs> all right, guys, we are gone, and we'll see you in the morning at nine.
from NHC's Adams Place, home of premier senior living on Memorial Boulevard. It's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSradio.com.